been in anticipation being with you. You know, it's almost like, uh, like a little kid in a candy store, just looking forward to being here. My wife uh, spoke to me last night. It's uh, how excited was it? I was very excited because it looks like I've not seen you guys for six years, <laughs> seven years. And I mean, oh, the wonderful stuff. And then to, to see that uh, whenever the word of the Lord is released, God backs his word. He backs his word. Whenever the word of the Lord is released, when God makes a promise and you believe that promise, that promise becomes a reality. Don't ever be deceived that God doesn't answer prayers. Don't ever believe that the impossible can never be possible. You know, sometimes when I experience or see these breakthroughs, it just really encourages me. Because if God will do it for you, he will also do it for me. Isn't that true? You know, I remember when I began, I began to prophesy to you and I told you, uh, what the Spirit of the Lord says, that uh, you will have multiple services. <laughs> and you still remember. And, uh, and to some of you, it's like, okay, okay, let's see how this. My job as a prophet, I flew in the apostolic and the prophetic, and I'm opportuned to actually pastor a church which really uh, is pastored by a group of eldership team. So my job is on Sunday morning, I go up there and I, I minister. And uh, really the pandemic uh, kept me, so ministering Sunday morning, Sunday night, and all of that. Uh, but we are this group of eldership team that actually help to govern the church. So my really strength is when I begin to flow in the apostolic and prophetic and begin to speak the word of the Lord. It's, it's really exciting to me to find the mind of God being revealed to us in this moment. Aren't you excited about it? You ought to be. It is the inherent right of the believer to hear the voice of God. The inherent right. If you can't and you don't hear the voice of God, it is not a devil's problem. Okay? It is not even a God problem. It is your problem. You got to train your spirit. You got to commit to it. And you open yourself just as we carry a conversation. If I talk, you hear. If you talk, I hear. It's your father. He wants to communicate with you. He wants to be intricately involved in your life. Three parts of our lives. That's what makes life. Your decisions, your choices, and your responses. That's what life is. Who you are today is as a result of these three things. Who you're going to become tomorrow, whether corporately or individual, is because of these three things. So he speaks to me about the choices I'm about to make. Then he speaks to me about the decisions that I make. And if I honor him, he speaks to me about how I respond to it. And when I do, things begin to fall in place. It is not a coincidence that this is happening. I want you to know that the journey has not ended. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be greater. Bigger and greater. And this church will become what is known as a city church. Now, if you know what a city church is, it means a church uh, that is beyond just uh, 
the building church. You make impact in your city and you make impact in your nation. There are going to be moments that people, political people, are going to emerge out of this house. You know, people that will run, but people that will actually be in position. And they will make Livingstone a point of reference. Are you listening to me? I know to some of us, as you hear this, uh, your mind is still like this. But the Spirit of the Lord is speaking beyond where you are right now. And whenever the Word of the Lord goes, even when your mind cannot comprehend this, the response should be Aman. Aman is the original word for the word Amen. You know, uh, we, if, if you look at uh, 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 First Chronicles 2020, 20, the Bible says, Believe in the Lord, and thou shalt be established. He said, Believe his prophet, um, and thou shalt prosper. Well, when the word of the Lord was declared, the Aman it. The Aman is. So must it be. It must be accomplished according to the word of the Lord. So to many of you new faces, I'm so glad to see you. You are in the right place at the very right time. Okay? You were divinely set up. A season that was meant to be evil was a season that God used to realign, readjust your life, and bring you into the right place. So I'm so glad to be here. I'm more excited than you are excited. Really. I'm really more excited because it makes me glad to know that the will of heaven is being established on earth. And the evidence of God is becoming a reality. I want to share the word of the Lord with you this morning. We're going to be tracking, and those of you that know, uh, we may take some time, so I'm going to give you a little break. You go, but don't run. Okay, come back. Come back, because if you run at the break, you didn't get the completion of everything. So I came with an assignment to become an addition to the future of this church. I want to track your journey, and I want to show you where you are going, you know? And, uh, and I want you to make a commitment between now, today, to the month of December. You just count July, August, September, October, November. How many? Five, right? You make that commitment that I'm going to speak to at least minimum of five people about who God is to you, what he can do, and I want to be able to lead them to living stone. Come and see the good thing that God is doing in living stone. Amen? Now, turn your Bible with me to Jeremiah chapter 48. The book of Jeremiah chapter 48 is... Is it all right if we could bring this down? Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Jeremiah. Hey, hey, hey. Look at him. Why? You got bigger too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He got bigger too. <laughs> he got. Shoot. Oh, my God. When did this happen? Oh, my God. He was like this. <laughs> I'm telling you, miracles are happening. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> my God. Jeremiah 48. The book of Jeremiah 48. 
I want you to put your finger on verse 11. And uh, I'm going to read verse 11 to verse 12. I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. Uh, is it possible to put it on the screen if you can? Amplified Classic Translation. And then um, I want to track you on some things. The Amplified, I said Jeremiah chapter 48. Jeremiah 48 from verse 11. Okay. Now, that's the best. Now, I want you to watch what the scripture is saying. Pay great attention. Moab has been at ease from his youth. Now, just close your eyes for just a minute. Madakritelebo, Zimanda Kake. Shelema Kute Bondo Kumalake Chukimbada. Brele Kusula, Mante Kusa. Holy Spirit, thank you so much. Father, let the heavens that you've opened, let it begin to rele release your will and your purpose. Father, let no words that is spoken drop to the ground. Father, bring transformation and bring change in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Moab has been at ease from his youth, and he has settled on his leaves like wine, and has not been drawn off from one vessel to another vessel. Now, notice now, neither has he gone into exile. Therefore, as a result of the fact that he has not been drawn from one bottle to another bottle, and he has not gone into exile, the Bible says his taste remains the same, and his smell remains the same. Okay? Now, the taste there represents that which comes out of you, that you speak. Your smell represents your character, your lifestyle, the way you act. Okay? The taste remains the same, and the smell remains the same. And the reason it all remains the same is because uh, Moab has not been poured from bottle to bottle, and Moab never permitted himself to go on exile. In other words, he never permitted himself to encounter circumstances and difficulties that will move him from where he is to where he ought to be. Now look at verse 12 now, very key. Therefore, behold, this is God now saying, the days are coming. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will send to Moab tilters who shall tilt him up and shall empty his vessel and break his bottles, his earthware, in pieces. Now, you have to understand because Moab, which is a typology of you and me, a congregational typology of a church. It could be a leader, it could be a nation, it could be a church, it could be an individual. Because Moab never allowed himself to be poured from bottle to bottle, never allowed to be gone on exile, God says, I'm going to do it now. You had the opportunity to voluntarily do it yourself. But because I love you so much, I don't want you to remain like you are. I'm going to send the tilter of the jar. He's going to come, he's going to break the neck of that bottle so that you eventually can be poured from one bottle to another bottle. 
Now, I want to talk to you this morning, very significant, uh, on transitional capacity. Transitional capacity. What actually God was saying to Moab is, Moab never allowed himself to be changed or to transition from one place, from one thing to another. Now, this is the picture. You really have to get this. God used the picture of the winery industry, the wine industry there, to actually relate and to show us what is especially happening. Now, in the winery industry then, whenever new wine is being made, you have to gather the uh, grapes and then you got to squeeze it. You got to step on it and squeeze that grape. When you squeeze the grape, two things comes out. You, the liquid plus the particles from the grapes shows up. And so what you do, you have to pour that liquid and that particle from one bottle to another bottle. When you pour it, the sediments, there are certain sediments that has to settle. It settles in the new bottle. Then you have to pour it again into another bottle. Then you observe again and watch the sediment settle. Then you have to pour it again. So the process continues. And as the process continues, when you taste the wine, it tastes different now from the beginning itself. You, it tastes dis different. The smell is different. In other words, you get better and better as you are poured from one bottle to another bottle, he said. Do you understand? Now, the problem is the way God does this with us, he wants us to do it voluntarily. In other words, uh, the Spirit of God designed that you can hear his voice, that you can be able to discern his voice and make those transitions yourself. But the truth is we creatures of comfort. So wherever we've been comfortable in that we conquer, we tend to remain in that atmosphere, in that thing for a while. Even when you hear the voice of God, you still don't want to change because any change demands encounter. Any change inconveniences you. There is never a change that you will embark on that there is no level of sacrifice. So we say to ourselves, I'm just going to sit there but God said, uh-uh, that's not the way I design it. I need to keep you moving so that you can ultimately come to that destiny, to that picture, to that fullness that I have ordained for you corporately as a church or individually as a believer. Beloved, if you ain't change, you will never complete uh, your destination. So this is what God says I'm going to do to Moab. Say, now I'm going to send the tilter of the job. The tilter of the jar are circumstances and situations and problems and difficulties. The very thing that you call the devil is actually assigned by God to break the neck of your bottle so that you can be poured. Because if the neck of that bottle is not broken, you will remain like you are. 
So God loves you so much that he allows, he doesn't cause problem, he doesn't create it, but he allows it in, into your life so that it can move you. It can make you to become creative. It can make you to think of something that you never thought about. It makes you to make decisions that you will never make. A majority of Christians never make decisions based on the leading of the Spirit. Instead, they make decisions based on what? The circumstances, the situation that happens. Okay? So we want to talk about uh, transitional capacity. Where you are today is because of the wind of transition that has blown. Where you are going tomorrow is because of the wind of transition that has blown. You will think that during a pandemic season, nothing good should come out of it. But God in the midst of famine can bring greatness in the lives of people. In the midst of famine, God can bring change. He can bring a transformation. And what you are experiencing is uh, a transition that is taking place. It is imperative that you hear the word of the Lord. Transition has to do with a lot of things. So you must be prepared. When you have a corporate transition, there is always an individual transition. Now, if you individually aren't experiencing a transition, you will find it hard to appreciate a corporate transition. It is in my personal transition that I can be able to understand what God is doing around me or what is doing in Livingstone itself. And I pray that every individual that is part of this church will experience a personal transition, that the Spirit of the Lord will begin to bring you closer to that which he intended, just as he brings us and brings you to the vision and brings directive to you. And you begin to see things in a different way. And the things that have seemed so hard and difficult, all of a sudden breakthroughs come in. You see the transition in your business. You see it in your marriage, in your home. Because every time God visits the corporate, that's because he's also visiting the individual. It is the individual that makes the corporate. So when God touches the house, he has to touch you. When God blesses the house, he has to bless you. When God heals the house, he has to heal you. That is the way it works. And you ought to rejoice. Woo! God is blessing the church because he's going to bless me too. God is increasing the church because he's going to increase me too. God never does anything corporately without doing it in the lives of the individual. So now, what does transition mean when we talk about transition? What do we mean? The nature of working with God is always the nature of transition. You understand that? That's the nature of working with him. If you are an individual that don't like transition, you're not going to work with God long. Eventually, I mean, you're going to be obliterated. You know, you don't need to exist. Because the nature of working with God is the nature of constant change, constant transition. Remember now, Malachi tells us, uh, he says, I am the Lord, I change not. That word, I change not, uh, talks about his personality. He is Jehovah Jireh. 
He is Jehovah Shammah. He is Jehovah Rapha. And we could go on, these are his personality. He doesn't change in his personality. Ten years from now, he's still going to be Jehovah Rapha. Twenty years from now, he's still going to be Jehovah Shammah. But God changes in his moves. He changes in his directive. He changes in his methodology. He changes on how he accomplished things. So while he doesn't change in his personality, he changes in his move, his directive, his instruction, and all of that. Everything can be looking good right now, and the Spirit of the Lord will tell you, make it right. And you say, well, uh, why do I need to make a right? I'm used to making a left. Well, if you refuse to make a right, uh, then you're going to have a, an accident. He wants to govern my life. So he constantly changes uh, in his instructions, in his directive, in his mood. Whatever about God changes. So my responsibility is to make sure that I'm so sensitized in my spirit and be able to remain connected with him so that I can be able to know exactly what I need to do at every given moment. You want to know who to get married to. You want to know where to live. You want to know what do, where do we go with this business? What do we accomplish now? Because what used to be good yesterday may be bad today. Simply because God allows it yesterday does not mean he's allowing it today. So the greatest mistake you and I can make is to be in where God used to be. He used to be there. He used to do that. He used to move like that. But what you fail to understand, he's no more there. He's no more moving like that anymore. The reason is God is always in transition. There is always a movement. It is that movement that takes you from where you are as a believer and ultimately brings you to where God wants you to be. So we define transition to mean this. It means a movement, it means a development, it means an evolution from one form, from one stage to another. If you look at three years ago, you will find that Livingstone was different. A church that remains the same is a church that is dead. Okay? You have to know that. It's a church that is dead. All beginning the death process. A believer that remains the same without a transition is a believer that is dead, okay? You began a death experience because when you walk with God or the nature of walking with God is the nature of constant transition, constant change. I don't like change, okay? But if I have to become who God wants me to be, Guess what? I have to change. Okay? I would prefer just being comfortable. That's why I prefer living in the north. Because if you go to live somewhere like in Florida, all you will encounter is just the summer. Okay? I want to experience all the weather. Because I'm, I'm a creature of comfort. So when, when, when summer comes, we rejoice over summer. Well, you have to know that summer will leave and another season comes in. 
and you have to adapt to it. And then another season comes in. And that's the way it goes. It just goes on and on and on. And before you realize it, you've already moved from that part to this part. You're getting closer to the assignment of God for your life. Isn't that really amazing about God himself? He is powerful. And if you don't have a revelation about transition, things will become difficult in your life. And I said this prophetically, that the reason a lot of people really struggle in their relationship with God is because they never permit him to make the proper transition in their life. You know, originally, I'm an African from Nigeria, okay? I've been here now going to almost 40 years, and I'm married to the same woman for 33 years now. What is interesting is when I came to this country, to at least the first seven years, it was difficult to adjust, to adjust to the food because I just feel like everything that you call salad is grass to me. It is grass. <laughs> you know, it is grass to me. So I can't understand why people love to eat grass. I, I couldn't understand. Now, I'm married to an American, and all she wants to present to me is grass. You know, and, and she wants me to eat it. But, but, but I had to make that transition. It was difficult. I made the transition until now I'm in love with grass eating. <laughs> you know, and I just eat the grass also. But what I'm trying to explain to you, you don't like transition, but if you don't fall in love with it, nothing happens in your life. Just know that nothing happens. You could pray all you want to. Because everything about God is about movement. When you finish praying, he says, get up and move. Okay? When you finish fasting, he says, now get up and move. Everything about God is about movement. Father, help me to do this. God said, okay, I'm going to help you, but you got to get up. You got to move. So I'm going to speak to you. And when I speak to you, you got to hear me. And then you have to begin to move towards the direction that I've just spoken to you. And many times what I spoke to you, you may not see it, you may not feel it, you may not sense it, but because I said it, you have to open your heart to it and allow me to lead you until you get to the point where it becomes a reality. If someone will tell you, maybe 10 years ago, of something that will happen, uh, uh, you know, a few months ago or whatever, you won't believe it. Your mind will not be able to capture it. You know, what is impossible to you is possible with God. It is a dimension that you have to teach a lot of Christians. I have to grow in this dimension that the physical is ruled by the spirit. The spirit is not ruled by the physical. Are you listening to me? The physical is ruled by the spirit. So you always consult the spirit than to consult the physical. You don't look at what you see with your physical eyes. You look at what you see with the eyes of your spirit. That's the problem. If you don't know how to use the eyes of your spirit, the physical eyes will control you. It will dominate you. And so you are afraid, you become panic, you get nervous, because every day somebody is preaching to you. 
when you turn on the TV, there is this channel that is preaching, another channel that is preaching, another channel that is preaching, and periodically they take an offering through the advertisement, and then they come back again, and they keep preaching to you. And whatever they're preaching to you is making impact because everything is fear, fear, fear. You can't make it. You can't do it. And you see it with your eyes without looking from the eyes of your spirit. Are you listening to me? From the eyes. Everybody say it with the eyes of my spirit. The eyes of my spirit. See, what you see, this is not your real eyes. These eyes, you can only use it for the physical. But in order to be able to see what God is saying, in order to see, you got to see it from the eyes of your spirit. Because if you can see it, you can seize it. What you can seize, what you can own, what you can be able to embrace is what your spirit man cannot see. But when my spirit man sees healing, when he sees deliverance, when he sees prosperity, whatever it is he sees, he lays hold on it, and then he believes it to come into materialization, and eventually it becomes a reality. Now put your hand on your head. Somebody in this place is being bombarded with attack on your mind. There is a spirit of fear, just worriness, 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 I sense it on this area here. Worriness, the spirit of worriness have just overwhelmed you. As I speak, that spirit is going to be broken. Okay, that anxiety, worriness, whatever, nervousness, whatever it is. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I address this spirit now. I command his power broken over the mind and the thinking of your people. I introduce your peace and your assurance now to flow. And from this moment, they will struggle not with it anymore. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe that, say amen. Now. Whenever transition comes into our lives, transition comes within seasons. They are what is called the seasons of transitions, okay? Transitions doesn't just appear. There are certain seasons that God brings transition, whether corporately or individually in the life of the believer. Very key. Again, your ability to be able to discern this season has to do with your degree of sensitivity. You can miss your season. When you do, you miss the things that God intend to accomplish in those seasons. That is why one of the great things, beloved, that you have to perfect is to perfect the voice of God and to perfect how to be led by the Spirit of God. You need to perfect that. Everything hinges on your ability to be led by the Spirit of God or to hear the voice of God. We have materials there. Growing up as a believer, the Spirit of God has to train me. There is nothing you can effectively do with God if you can't hear Him and then be able to discern what He's saying. So transition doesn't just happen. There are seasons that are allocated to transitions, whether individual transitions or corporate transitions. Now, many times, uh, most of us, we stumble into transition or we guess our way in. 
It is not because we recognize it. We just stumble mistakenly into it. And then we enjoy the blessing of transition. But then what happens? The next time, you may not stumble into it. There are signposts that tells you, I'm about to move into a season of transition. So notice these three words. Now transition comes in seasons. What do we mean by seasons? Okay, Seasons are pockets of time. They are pockets of time that the Holy Spirit introduces into your life to accomplish an agenda. Seasons are pockets of time that the Holy Spirit, he brings it into your family. He brings it into your life. He brings it into a church to accomplish an agenda. So God has an agenda and the reason he brings the season in is so that that agenda will be accomplished. Number two, seasons are periodic opportunities. Seasons are periodic opportunities that are orchestrated by the Spirit of God. These are periodic opportunities. Have you heard the word opportunities only come but once? Okay, that's what the world says, but that's not what the kingdom says. These are periodic opportunities. Boom, you wake up one day and all of a sudden you just can't understand. There is an opportunity that is in front of you. God just introduced you to a season. And what you do, you got to walk through that opportunity so as to actually get what God intends. Number three, seasons are open doors, just like the door that is open. Now, if a door is open and if you are blind in the spirit, you can't see the door open. You may be trying to go through this door that is locked or through that door that is locked or that door that is locked when in reality there is an open door right there. But the reason you can't see it, are you listening to me this morning? Okay. The reason you can't see it is because you are blind in the spirit. That is why success belongs to the believer. Victory belongs to the believer. Increase belongs to you. Everything to make you successful has been put in place if you and I will just embrace it and be able to navigate through. So seasons are open doors that are presented to us by the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God for you and I to walk in and accomplish the things that the Holy Spirit wants us to accomplish. Now hear me now because the next thing I'm going to say is very significant. Every time God brings this season of transition, there are three things that happens that comes along with it. Okay, He brings a season into your life. The season comes with a purpose. The season comes with a purpose. Every season, every pocket of time, every periodic opportunity, it comes with a purpose. You, you got to gather things quickly. You got to build quickly. You got to meet that agenda quickly. You can't allow it to linger, you know, for a long time. No, 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 because when that uh, span of time closes, hardship will come. 
difficulties will come. All of a sudden, the ease at which you can do that thing no more exists anymore. It is a pocket, a, a window of time. So it comes with a purpose. And most times, most believers don't have a revelation of it. So they think uh, that the door is open for 10 years, for 6 years, for 4 years. It can just be for a month. It can be for 3 days. It can be for a week. It can be for a year. See, it comes with a purpose, okay? Number two, very significant. It comes with an assignment. An assignment. What you ought to be doing. What is it that Livingstone corporately ought to be doing in this season? It comes with an assignment. What is it when you get into a season? What are you supposed to be doing? You know, your business, uh, uh, your, 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 your marriage. You know, what is it that we should be doing right now, right now? Number one, it comes with a purpose, okay? A reason for something. Number two, it comes with a specific assignment. And every time as you begin to function in that assignment, there is blessings. There is impartation. There are seasons where the healing power of God comes and you get healed. You know, if you study uh, John chapter 5, put, put John chapter 5 for me quickly. I want to show you there, John chapter 5. I want you to see how this works, okay? John 5 in uh, the, the uh, Amplified Classic. If you don't have Amplified Classic, you're not going to heaven. So make sure you get it <laughs> so that you could go to heaven. Okay, John chapter 5, we're reading from verse 1. Uh, okay, it says that later on then there was a Jewish festival for which Jesus went up to Jerusalem. John 5, go to the next please. The next verse. Now there is in Jerusalem a pool near the sheep gate. This pool in the Hebrew is called you know what that means. Okay. <laughs> Having five Porsches, uh, clubs, uh, clonets, and doorways, go to the next. In these, in these lay great number of sick folk, some blind, some are crippled, okay? Uh, in this lay a great number of sick folk, some blind, some crippled, and some paralyzed. They shrivel up, waiting for what? For the bubbling up of the water. Okay? For the bubbling up of the water. Go to the next. Very key. He says, now, for an angel of the Lord went down at what? At what? At what? Come on, gangs. Uh, you know, come on. At appointed seasons. The angel does not come at any other season, it has to be an appointed season, a specific uh, season, okay? A specific season. Seasons come in, these folks are sick. They are around the pool. They've been there for a long time, and they are waiting for the right season that is appointed where the angel of the Lord, the word angel of the Lord simply means where God by his power, where he comes, okay, what does he do when he comes into the pool and he moved and stirred up the water, whoever then first 
after the stirring up of the water, step in, was cured of whatever uh, disease with which he was afflicted. So right there, you see that there is a specific season, okay? Now, number two, you find out that there is a purpose for that season. There, there is a purpose for the appointed season. It is the purpose for people to be healed, okay? Number three, you find that um, the assignment is there. The assignment is you're going to have to jump into the water when the water is stirred itself. Are you listening to me? Now, the third thing, which is key that you must understand, is that number one, I say purpose. Number two, I said uh, assignment. Number three is the anointing. The anointing. Every season is accompanied by the anointing. The only way people get healed when you jump into the water is because of the anointing or the power of God that comes along to heal you. So three things, understand, when a season of transition comes, there is a purpose for that season. Number two, there is an assignment for that season. Number three, there is an anointing to accomplish the purpose and to accomplish the assignment. So in the case, for example, this house, you've come into a new season. The season you are on a building project. There is a divine enlargement that is taking place. Now, this door of opportunity doesn't last forever. You have to charge into it. You have to grab hold of it with your finances, with your faith, with everything, because you want to make sure that within this pocket of time, you can accomplish what? The purpose. You can accomplish the assignment. And then the anointing of God comes to assist you to be able to get it done. Without the anointing, this man in that scripture cannot be healed. He could jump into the water, roll all he wants to roll. He would still be the same thing. The reason he gets healed is because the angel of the Lord comes and stirs that water. It is the anointing of God that comes upon you and this house that makes it possible for all of the project to be completed and to bring increase that you've never seen. Scene. No man can do that. No man can ever build God a thing with his strength and power. No man can ever create increase. It takes the anointing of God to make it possible. So hear me, hear me individually, in your own life, there is a transition. Whether you know it or not, whether you, you believe it, whether you embrace it, it is happening. Transition is happening. You can't serve God without transition. It is the nature of God. Most believers don't recognize that there are transitional seasons that God has brought into their life. Look, they just got married. That's a transition, okay? But the transition will not end there. The transition will move again again to another level. The responsibility is to be able to recognize when the season comes, because seasons come and seasons go, and then they come and then they go, and when the seasons come, it comes for a purpose, it comes with an assignment, and it comes with the anointing. Are you still breathing? 
I said, are you still breathing? Okay. Now, how do we, how do we, how do we handle it? What do you do when you sense a season of change? When you sense a season of transition? What do I do? See, to most people, transition makes them panic. Could be a transition moving from one state to another, moving from one apartment to another. You know, transition, you came to church, from one church to this church. You know, wh what do you do when you sense a transition? It is very freakish. It is very worrying to most people. It is very panicking because we creatures of comfort. D do you understand what I'm saying to you? It's like, no, 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 no. This is fine. This is fine. And, and God is trying to make something bigger. Uh, and he just said, uh, it's fine. W when I'm about to take a huge project that the Spirit of God speaks to my heart, because we Christians, we want to see everything. We want to be able to get the finances together, get people to help us, get this, you know, just dot all, uh, put all the commas and all of that. And then we say we want to step in, but that's not the way it works. Transition involves the spirit of faith. It involves the spirit of faith itself. And faith is not an idea. It's not a thought. Faith is a degree of confidence that is established in the revelation that you've had of God. That revelation that you have of God itself. It is that degree of confidence that is established in you. And if you really don't have a revelation of God's word, you really cannot really have the strength of faith to even accomplish anything. You can read the Bible, but if you don't have a revelation of it, the Bible is really nothing. You could nod your head on everything the scripture says, but it is that revelation of God's word itself that makes it possible. Notice what Jesus says in Mark 11. In Mark 11, starting from verse 23, he says this because of an experience uh, that he demonstrated and the disciples uh, were wondering, Jesus, how, how is it that this fig tree, you know, was dead? How did you do it? So Jesus tried to introduce them to this dimension of faith itself. He tried to introduce them to a higher way of living. He says, verily, verily, I say to you, whosoever shall what? Shall say to this mountain. Now remember now, Jesus was in dawn. So when he said mountain, he was speaking mountain, okay? Even though today we can see mountain as something that seems so impossible, seems so difficult, you know, that, that element of stuff that the enemy pr puts in our life, but he's speaking of a physical mountain. That tells you the degree of your faith to move situations that seem so impossible. He says, if you say to that mountain, be that removed, and be that cast in the sea, but not doubt in your heart. If you do, don't doubt in your heart, but instead, if you will believe that those things which you say will come to pass, what did the Bible say? You shall have what you say. You shall have what you say. It's not a statement. It's something that begins from your inside. It is that confidence that erupts based on the revelation that you have about who God is to you, if I will ask you, who is God to you? Not to living stone, but to you. Who is God to you? Do you know that you can actually come to Christ and don't know God? 
It is easy. You are born again, but you don't know God. To be born again is your heart believes, your mouth speaks, and you become born again. The problem is that's where believers stays. But you got to know God after you get born again. To know God is to come to a place of a closer intimacy with him. That he is governing your life. He is controlling your life. He is dominating your life. He tells you what to do and you follow his directive. That is coming to know God. And there is a difference between people who come to Christ and a difference between people who knows God. In the book of Daniel, the Bible says, they that know their God, not they that are born again, they that know their God shall do exploits. They shall be strong, and then they do exploit. I could stand with Christians, and I could tell you, just keep talking. I could tell if you just came to Christ, and if you know God. There is a strength that comes from your spirit when a man knows God himself. Are you listening to me? When you know God, who is God to you? You don't freak out and panic and get nervous so quickly. You don't fall apart. You know, when you know God, there is an inward strength that controls you because you are dominated and submitted to the spirit of grace that strengthens your inner man. And in the midst of the most difficult situation, you still say, I will not bow. That's what Daniel, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and all of this great patriarch that we talked about, they know God. And when we come to know God, when we make these transitions, transitions really becomes easy. Now, transition in itself is difficult. It is difficult to our soul. But when we function from our spirit, transition becomes easy. Maybe you are here this morning and you can feel the wind of transition. Or you sense transition is about to happen to you. Or you are in the midst of a transition. And corporately as a church, you're going through transition. This is what you need to be aware of and do. Number one, stay surrendered through prayer. Stay surrendered through prayer. When you notice transition is going on, learn to stay surrendered through prayer. Commit yourself more to the spirit of prayer. You know, prayer is not just shanda, 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 tie my shoe, you know, and all of that. That's not what prayer is. And what most people do is, that's what they pray. Shanda, 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 da, 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 na, 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 na. Should time, I should give me, that's all. No. In scripture, it is important to understand. The greatest privilege that is given to you and I is the privilege to communicate to God. It is an honor. There is never a problem that you cannot communicate with him. In the Bible, there are nine types of prayer. When you study it from Genesis to Revelation, nine types of prayer, nine like the number nine. But the reality is most people really only just pray one prayer. 
See, you have to be able to understand what prayer is. You have to be able to understand the type of prayer that is needed to be able to deal with the situation. For example, there is what is known as the warfare prayer. Warfare prayer. Uh, there is also what is known as the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. There is what the Bible calls the prayer of agreement. This is a type of prayer. Then there is what the Bible calls the prayer of intercession. There is the, uh, uh, the prayer of supplication. There is the, uh, the prayer of thanksgiving. And we could go on. These are prayers that you have to understand. So when transition comes, I submit myself in prayer. You know, I don't understand the journey. I don't know how we're going to go through this. I don't know how we're going to undo it. But one thing we know is God is calling us to change, to shift as a church. God is asking us to do this. That's uh, all we know. How to get there, we don't have the details. But I'm not going to allow the enemy to you know, get me to become fearful, to become worried, you know, not to sleep at night. That's where you surrender yourself in prayer. You surrender your heart. Beloved, hear me. This is one of the most powerful tools that is made available to you. Because when you surrender yourself in prayer, the load gets lifted out of you. And then clarity and insight and understanding begins to come into your life. Are you listening to me? Number two, the second thing, maintain a steady focus. Maintain a steady focus on your existing season. Maintain a steady focus. See, the enemy of focus is distractions. Every time the enemy is about to take you off the course of what you are pursuing, it brings distraction. Distraction can be something good. It can be something bad itself. But you got to know what your focus is all about. So you stay with that focus. And as long as you stay with it, the spirit of God, he starts leading you. So the pocket of time that you are in, God has called for that new building, for great things to happen. They are going to be things that the enemy might want to throw in and distract you. You got to know how to hold your focus on what God is saying in that pocket of time that you are in so that the Spirit of God can lead you just carefully to your destination. You know, when the pandemic began, I was out of the country, so I flew back in and I was planning to fly back out and they close all of the airport. So when they close all of the airport, my wife and I made a commitment to just spend a great deal of prayer because I wanted to know exactly what is, what is it that we should be doing? What is it that is happening? You could just believe that being a Christian, that you would just do everything. No, a certain season, there are specific things. 
So every night before we go to bed, there is an intense prayer. We pray all the way, you know, down the midnight and just, I mean, just praying and just warring in the spirit and just taking authority uh, over, over the COVID and all of the stuff that the enemy is doing because I understood that the enemy is trying to derail a lot of things, a lot of things was being derailed. Nobody really had a solution. You've never been this way before. We've never been this way before. We really don't understand uh, what is happening. But the only thing we knew is to put our hands in the hands of the Holy Spirit, that he will navigate us through the process. And I mean, he began, and I remember calling the entire church, uh, uh, I called the entire church before before it blew, before the COVID blew. And, and, and the Spirit of Lord says, you lay hands on everyone and you anoint them. Lay hands on everyone and you anoint them. See, look, yeah, they, 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 they call it science and all of that. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm someone that uh, really... I don't see it as a big deal. Now, you know, I'm, I'm not imposing my stuff on you, but, but I refuse to be afraid. Right from the beginning, I just refused it. So it, it, it was something. I just refused to be afraid. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me that I want you to teach the nation. I mean, I... Our, our streaming, our program was buzzing thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people all over the world were viewing this program. And I began to teach about mastering fear and how to manage crisis. Uh, uh, it, it just seemed like uh, everybody was watching our program. I remember when the pandemic began to be weakened, there was a, a, there was a conference that was had in the church, and uh, the speaker that came said to me, he said, can I talk to you? And I, I said, yeah. And he said, he said, you don't know what your voice was in this entire city. He says, you were keeping us alive. We could not wait to tune in when your broadcast was on. Because it's almost like you were actually, uh, 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 you were like the medicine. You were the strength. Now, but I didn't know that. Uh, you know, I just knew, you know, somebody has to arise. A voice. And I was using my apostolic pulpit to declare to whosoever will listen that we can actually overcome this. We can actually deal with situation and circumstance that the enemy doesn't, listen to me, beloved, the enemy doesn't have to dominate you. I'm not lying to you. The enemy doesn't have to do that. There is enough power in you when you allow God to work on your behalf. That as you begin to ascend in the realm of the spirit, things start happening. Things start changing. And I mean, it's amazing what began to take place. Except that we were locked down because uh, I was willing to, to fly in to, to, to be with you guys. Uh, but uh, they took the screw and they pounded it on the doors of the state uh, that, uh, that nobody you know, was allowed, 
you know, to fly out itself. But as we progress, you have to understand it is the God you knew before the pandemic that you still know now. It is the God you know now that you will know after the pandemic. That God has not changed. He didn't go on sabbatical. It's not just strong today and weak during the pandemic. Or, or weak in the pandemic and strong before the pandemic. He is the same God. Life comes with transition. So you have to prepare that on a good day, you know, you're walking through everything and everything looks so great. The power of God is working on your behalf. It is that power that you take into your next transition. And you believe that that same God that was there with you in that project is the God that is still with you. And the God that is with you will see you through all of the situation and the circumstances that takes place. So stay focused. Don't allow yourself to embrace an alternative choice. Number three, you always ask for godly wisdom. When you're making transition, you want to make sure that part of what you have around you is wisdom. See, wisdom is this. This is what wisdom means. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge. The ability to apply knowledge. So if you don't have knowledge of something, you really cannot walk in wisdom. You have to have knowledge. And then the spirit of wisdom comes and takes that knowledge and then begin to apply it properly in areas that you need the knowledge apply in. That's why you got to get yourself in the word of God and be able to acquire the knowledge of God. And when you acquire that knowledge, then the spirit of wisdom comes on the knowledge itself. And now it begins to direct you concerning this. And you know, most times um, when I embark on project or something that I have to do, and I really don't know how to go about it, I begin to just pray in the spirit. And I pray in the spirit, and I pray. Sometimes my wife is asking me, so honey, what do we do? I say, just give me some time, give me some time. And I just begin to pray in the spirit. It's easy for me to come up with an idea from my mind. And every idea that you birth from yourself is never backed up by the power of God. The idea has to come from him. So I just, I just keep praying in the spirit. And then comes from the inside of me will just bubble the answer. And the answer sometimes may not be, you know, what you expect. I say, honey, God said, now this is what we need to do. You, you sure, but, but this, but... There are walls there, uh, uh, but, but I say, well, this is what he said. So what do we do? Let's just keep moving to the wall. But it's still a wall. Let's just keep moving to the wall. See, don't be embarrassed if you have to hit your head against the wall. Say, so let's just keep moving to the wall and keep moving to the wall. But it's still a wall there. Well, let's keep moving to the wall. It's still a wall. Before you get close to the wall, the wall becomes a door. But as long as you stand here and say, but it's still a wall, 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 it will remain a wall. But when you believe that he has spoken to you and you begin to walk in faith, uh, it's still a wall, I know. <laughs> Praise God, Lord, please make sure it turns real quickly. <laughs> but it's still a wall. <laughs> but you're heading towards it. And all of a sudden, something happens. 
Because every, every single change that comes from God has to do with a movement. You have to move towards it. Okay? Now I'm going to give you this last one and then I'm going to give you how many minutes of break. Break means, you know, walk around, come back. <laughs> okay? Because of... Okay? Now, number four. The fourth thing is, don't worry about the transition. It might be difficult. You might have to let go some things. You might have some negative experiences. But don't be worried about the transition. See, if my relationship with God is intact, if my connection is healthy, there is that confidence God will take care of you. You know, he will take care of you. And sometimes, you know, our personalities are different. We have choleric, sanguine, melancholy, phlegmatic, all of these personalities. Some people are more emotional than others because God created you to be that, he said. And so to some people, when you turn off the light, all of a sudden they fall apart. You have to bring back the light. No, to some people, when they just hear, they just fall apart, just like that. And to other people, based on their personality, they don't easily fall apart, okay? This is who you are before you became a Christian. When you come into the kingdom, there is what is known as a transformed temperament. Okay, so whatever weaknesses that was in my personality before I got born again, when I come into Christ, there is enough power in Christ to adjust me or recalibrate me into that right state of personality. The problem is this. We come in and we don't permit the Holy Spirit to do a work in you. So even though you are born again, thank you. Oh, I'm a that's, you dropped it, okay. <laughs> even though you are born again, your personality is still the same. So you panic, you're afraid. I mean, we could preach everything we want to preach. You allow it to govern you. But you got to work on it because the enemy will use it to take advantage of you. So when transition, when you notice transition, it could be a minimum transition. You marry, having a baby is a transition. Moving an apartment, getting a new job, uh, you know, building something, buying a house, whatever it is, whether from the minimum to the biggest kind of transition, don't worry. It all begins from the very beginning. When you are about to make that choice, make sure it is God. I told the story yesterday of I was flying overseas. And I was on Lufthansa, the German airline. And we were going to another country. And before we got to the country, they announced on the plane that the plane was going down. Okay? I've never been in a plane that it's going down. And, uh, and the stewardess, they, I, mean, I mean, when you see a stewardess panicking, you just know, you know stuff, uh, you know, everybody running, oh, 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 the pilot, I mean, they, they're going through all of this stuff. And I mean, you could hear commotion on the flight. People began to pray 
to their God. Those that were speaking, la, 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 shade, la, la, la. I mean, it was noisy. People just praying in the spirit. So I was in, I was in the first class, and I was sleeping because when I land, I'm supposed to go straight to preach. So I wanted enough sleep because of the time difference, so that I can be refreshed. So when I heard the commotion, I woke up. I mean, it was so. I mean, things were flying from us. I said, what's going on? My son was with me. I said, what's going on? He said, Dad, they said, uh, we're going down this. Who said we're going down? I mean, think about it. Jesus says you could say to the mountain. That's why you got to understand the mountain. And I said this last night that the entire creation is waiting for the sons of God to show up so that uh, the sons of God can confirm creation. Are you guys listening to me? So that the sons of God, you can confirm creation, just like Joshua did. You know, the sun was about to go off. He said, hey, hey hold on there. I've not finished yet. Let me finish what I'm doing. Give me light to do everything that I'm doing. And then when I finish, you could go. Jesus looked at the fig tree, fig tree, a tree. He cursed it. He died. And then he says to you and I, you could speak to the mountain. This is what God is looking for. So I said, well, well. I said, son, go to sleep. He looked at me, go to sleep. <laughs> I said, yeah, go to sleep. Because in my mind, this is the way I track it. I left home. I prayed with my wife. Two, God wanted me in that country. Three, you're already prepared, waiting for me. Four, I got my message together. <laughs> Five, I got to get all my mileage. So I took the blanket, just cover my head, and try to sleep. And I just lay there, and I was sleeping. And then all of a sudden, my son tapped me. Tuk -tuk 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 -tuk. I said, what? He said, everything is all right. So you, listen to me, beloved. You don't rejoice after everything is all right. You rejoice before everything becomes all right. <laughs> See? I mean, in the midst of the difficulties, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for changing things. Thank you. Because any prayer you pray in the midst of difficulty is a prayer that is birthed from fear. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, please. <laughs> Oh, Lord, please don't let us go. To, please, Lord. No. Father, I thank you that I'm on your assignment. I thank you that you love. You know, lately, the Lord has been getting me to pray this nine prayer, the prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you, Father, for the breakthrough. Thank you so much for living stone. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you for the relationship. 
and you just you just keep praying hey, father thank you for this thank you for that thank you for the food thank you i mean the things you never thank god for and as you do that the angels of god they are activated on your behalf and they make sure that the will of the lord becomes a reality are you listening to me the only thing that fear wants you to be afraid of is to fear fear. Fear wants you to fear fear. Once you can conquer fear, faith comes alive because fear and faith cannot reside together. One must live and the other remains. And the one that remains becomes the dominant one. So the question is, where are you in transition this morning? Where are you? What is the thing that is bothering you? Now you look nice. You stay calm. We're writing you. Just like that. I want to assure you, whatever is there that worries you, it has no power. The power it has is what you give to it. If you can just put your hands in the hands of the Holy Spirit, you will find what he can do. Okay, let me pray for you. You want to pray? Then we take our, what, five, ten? Okay, we take, um, if, if we say ten, they show up twenty minutes. <laughs> so, so we just say five. <laughs> okay, <laughs> five. Okay, let's pray. We'll come back and we'll deal with the capacity for transition. Transition doesn't happen if you don't have the capacity to go through it. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your people. We thank you for the enlargement of every heart, the enlargement of your word. Thank you that you are touching every situation and circumstance. Bring healing to emotion. Open our eyes that we will see like we've never seen. And open our ears that the sound of your voice will become clearer in our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Five minutes break.